Right, guys, welcome back to the All or Nothing podcast. I'm Ryan. I'm joined by Elliot, and we actually have quite a lot to talk about this week. Uh, as usual, as VAR is going to be mentioned, I have quite a few things to say about Spurs and specifically Spurs fans. And what's going on in the league right now? I don't want to talk about Afcon because my team got put out of it. I don't feel like talking about that. How are you, Elliot? How are you doing? Today? I'm good. We had a bit of a drunken weekend since we last recorded. Um, yeah, like we went. You came down to Manchester, we watched the City-Chelsea game, and didn't get tickets, mm-hmm. your brother had tickets, but um, yeah, we went back to myself sports bar, sat next to some absolutely seething Chelsea fan with his mullet in a striped raffle around quarter zip. He was about as Chelsea fan as you could get. Yeah. He was Rory Jennings, really. He was what Rory looks like, uh, but he had the Turned up to 11. back here instead. Yes. He, and we made sure to exasperate every single reaction yeah. we had. We, we all became City fans. Yeah, I mean, even even our mate who's a United fan was cheering for City things, which is quite funny because he despises Chelsea more, which is brilliant. Because everybody hates Chelsea. Can I say we had a for obvious reasons. We had me City fan, you Tottenham fan, United Man United fan, West Ham fan, and Liverpool slash Norwich fan. So we have Robbie Knox with us. Basically everybody versus Chelsea. It was. It was <laughs> no beautiful. nobody on that list that likes Chelsea. <laughs> Apart from that mate's girlfriend who was just like soothing him, telling him to drink his Peroni. Yeah, rubbing his arm. Yeah. It's okay, babe, it's okay. <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne scores a screamer. It's okay, babe, you can get one back. <laughs> it's okay, you have the LeBron James of soccer, it'll be okay. <laughs> oh my days. I think uh well, the big the big talking points, um, since we last recorded the podcast, is VAR. Yeah. Very... What is going on with it? What is yeah. going on? I mean, it's been a bit all over the place this season. Um, But I think this week just gone is massive talking points on it. Like, how... So there's there's one about... Uh, I, I didn't actually see this, but I have it written down because I remember seeing Laporte's leg. Mm. What happened with that? Was it, like, it was a red card challenge, but not a red card challenge, but his leg was all messed up. And... Yeah, so the, so there were the two things in the City game. Obviously, there was the potential pen as well that wasn't given. Oh, yes. But I don't I don't know if that was a pen, but this red card one, this um, tag one... I don't know if it was just the ball lobbed from the keeper or it had been like headed on. I can't quite remember the specifics, but then Laporte goes to control it, gets gets the ball. The Southampton player comes in late, like his his foot is clearly way too high for the ball, and just absolutely clarts into uh, Laporte's leg. And. Now you say this, I remember seeing this on Match of the Day, and initially I went, oh, it was an accident, but... And then I watched you see it, it, and you see his leg yeah. goes up after the ball is like... like His le- leg goes up so late for it. It, it wasn't malicious, it was just irresponsible, it seems. Yeah, it. it doesn't... I don't think he obviously did it on purpose, but, like, the exact same thing happened to Scott McTominay last year from a Southampton player within, what was it, like, a minute of the game starting, and... Yeah, I did, Southampton player made his debut uh, as a kid, and yeah. he got himself sent off, and my United got... Hum- uh, my United won 9-0. Yeah. yeah, yeah, then when it happens to City, and there, there are a few, obviously, debatable VAR decisions over the weekend, it seems a bit like trying to peg us back a bit, keep the title race, because, obviously, you don't want the league wrapped up by March... 
Oh yeah, so this, so what? The Man City pen wasn't given. I vividly remember this one on match of the day because I thought the rules always were: if the foot is on the line, that's a penalty. That counts as in the box, and that obviously there was a decision where they should have had the sort of hand and should have had the player sent off, which yes, they should have. Also, this penalty would have put City in front, would it not? Yeah, yeah, which it would have been two one at that point. Three points uh, taken away from, like a possible three points. You only got one, and then we have my United's late goal at Old Trafford against West Ham. Yeah, Liverpool. Liverpool. Did Chelsea have a? Yeah, Chelsea had a the top the Harry Kane one. God. <laughs> yeah, so it it does feel like it obviously. It, I don't want to feed into conspiracies. I do enough of that with Scottish football. Everybody who watches Scottish football thinks of conspiracies with referees and officiating. But it does feed these kind of people that will believe that the, the top four has been rigged and that they've got who they want in the top four and they're going to try and keep it that way. I mean, I mean, it's too big a conspiracy to hide it, you'd hope. You'd hope somebody would talk but about it. I think at the end real. of the day, the FA is run by people who have friends in high places, probably in these clubs maybe not so much Man City but definitely in your Liverpool your Man United Arsenal possibly Chelsea True. like you have the FA will be former players and things like that that played for these historic prestigious clubs in the in Britain but was was United's goal off I, I think it was but I think it's like a marginal call like I'm not too it's, it's a really hard one I think it's one of those where it could just as well be offside as it is just marginally onside. And the thing is, I don't. I it was three o'clock kickoff. I wasn't watching the game. I was at the Salford City game. Um, but seeing, I don't know how long the VAR decision took. But if it took minutes and minutes to decide, like obviously I'm not like I said, I'm not sure. But if it took a matter of minutes to decide, and then you have the United fans saying, "Oh no, it was the right decision. It was the right decision." Like, that has then happened for them against Aston Villa in the FA Cup. Yeah. And now this. I don't, obviously, like I said, don't know the length of the time and the decision took, but I listened to McCullough talk about it on his podcast with Rory, and I don't think it was a short period of time that it took because of how marginal it was, you know? See, I feel like it's one of those ones where if it was my team, I would want it given. If it was against me, I wouldn't want to get yeah, him. Yeah, I think that's the and same for the Harry Kane one. Like, I, 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 I no, I, I, I would say that. like if that was my team, I, if I was a Chelsea fan, I would want that disallowed because I think at the end of the day that was a foul. Like he did push him, and you know these guys aren't running at slow speeds. They're like professional athletes. They, they have a fair old bit of pace to them, you know. But he's also a defender who oh, gets yeah. shoved about in the box constantly. Like, are you telling me that that would, that would be given as a penalty? I don't think that's given as a penalty I, I, if that yeah. same scenario happens. Yeah. <sighs> Which, it's just, if it's not going to be given as a penalty, it can't be given as a foul against uh, Thiago Silva. This doesn't... It, that, that changed the dynamic of that game. Like I, tr- like, I know for a fact Chelsea are just a better team. They've beaten Tottenham three times in the space of, like, three weeks. Isn't it it's four times this year? Or this, this season, this season, yeah. So Which is, not this year. That would be, a, but it's three times in a month. Three times this year <laughs> already. Um, the, the, I understand that, right? 
but we were playing four fullbacks like in front of each other. It, that goal could have changed the dynamic of that game, and they chopped it off. And then Chelsea just came out swinging in the second half, and they scored. Yeah, scored scored as, as screamer, and it was, yeah, was a very good done by that point, right? But imagine Harry Kane had had scored that, and it stood. How massive a goal that would have been for like, okay, hunker down, we're we're gonna fight for this result even more so. Like it's, and I'm extremely frustrated because I think that, like, go back fifteen years, Thiago Silva's not going down there. That, that the defender is not going down. He made a mistake, and because of his experience and whatever, he was calculated, and he he decided to fall, and he took the risk of I'll fall over, and he might score, and I'll look a bit of funny. Or I'll fall over and it'll get chopped off, and it got chopped off. And the the thing is, I though, can't. You have to I think. Just can't believe he's it. got to that. That's not necessarily the players' fault. That that's the fault of the refs that they've let the game get to this point. That like true. Thiago that Silva, like, I can't is, fault Thiago Silva. I can't fault him. He's just playing the game, really. Yeah, that's exactly. It comes down to his experience, doesn't it? He's he's done exactly what he should do. Yeah, it's just annoying that that's that, that you can do that to then prevent conceding a goal by just kind of falling over. Like if you actually look at the contact, it's not huge. It's it's not huge. I understand the momentum and stuff like that, but also, it's not enough. So I think Tiago, like you're looking at it, and like you said about momentum, Tiago Silva is also still leaning forward when he's running, whereas Harry Kane's already. Leaning back, yeah. he knows he's going. That's being cut back, so he's leaning back, just adding that bit of a push to slow himself down. Like that, that will add a fair bit of force to him. So I think, obviously, he's accentuated, yeah. but I think he was probably going down from the push as well. I, I genuinely just don't. I, I just don't think that anywhere else on the pitch that's given is a foul. Really, I don't think it's that big a deal. Or and if it's not going to be given as penalty, if it was all the way around, then it can't be given as a foul. It, it's in the past. It's, it's what it is. I mean, we were always going to get beat by Chelsea in my head anyway, so I'm not disappointed. It's just frustrating. Like, that VAR has had, like, what feels like inconsistencies all weekend for a variety of reasons. Yeah, and one more inconsistency was obviously the Liverpool one. Oh, dude. Which... I actually really believe Crystal Palace were going to get a point from that. Yeah, I, I, th- really I thought it. they could have. I th- I really like this Crystal Palace team. I think Vieira's doing I a love it. Boston job. But, I hate that I like Odson Edward. I hate that he's made me like him. <laughs> he scored against Liverpool. I was cheering and I was like, I hated you. I hated you a year ago. And now I'm like, oh my God. And but So on this pen, if you look at Edison against Newcastle, it is pretty much the exact same thing. Neither, No yes. one has control of the ball. No one has control of the ball. Like, okay. And Jota yeah. just runs into Goethe. Like, yeah, um, that's like he's, he's intentionally he's shifted his body. Right. Yeah. Jot is it, quite evidently it shifted his body. You can see in the slow motion he shifted his body weight but to move towards Gray. If he had, he had so long to get out of that. He had so long to pull out of that. He could have jumped over him. He could have moved to the left, moved to the right. Just carried on running in a straight line. He's done it like to f- try to fool the refs and it's worked and that's embarrassing like the that these officials can get caught out like that was it like, given straight away as a pen or was it the ar no it, it was reviewed um I th- it was reviewed for a wee bit as well it wasn't long like super long but it was an extended enough period of time for you to go come on now this is a joke like they've looked at it enough to know that he's he's 
looked he's looking for that film. Yeah, this is this is the thing. I think if you slow down if you slow it down and watch it enough times you can find malicious intent in anything. Well, what was that that, that Villa goal? Uh, the uh, United goal against Villa where they try to find every possible no, the, the Villa one against chopper. United where then they oh, come yeah, up sorry, with yeah. um what's his name? The is it the young lad? Um Jacob Ramsey was him that was offside yeah, in, yeah. in the way of Cavani. Yeah. And then it, it came down to like, oh, was there a foul here? Was there a Because initially I thought like... That, like that, I thought they were looking at the Danny Ings for a potential handball and it was like, oh no. Yeah. Was there an offside? Was there... It's just like... Come on. <laughs> was it not three minutes to... Something like that because it's, it sucks because I'm actually... I, I advocate for VAR. I quite like it, VAR. Well, it's like it I said in the message to you, it's not the technology that's bad, it's the people using it. There's a reason that the World Cup took no English referees to it. Like yep. there's there's a reason, and it's because they're shit. It's the same reason that Scotland can't get VAR because our referees are shit. And it would just be a obviously your referees normally support one of two teams. Yeah, which is weird because we are one of the only leagues on the fucking planet that allows referees to officiate teams that they support. It, uh, don't get me started. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I just hate. I hate referees. I hate officials. They're like, I don't. I, I just can't understand how you you can be a professional referee in England, but the best league in the world supposedly, and be making schoolboy errors. Like you literally have a hundred cameras staring at these that, events, and you're still getting That's the thing. Wrong. I don't ever hear issues about VAR in Italy. Issues about VAR in League uh, Syria. Oh, that is Italy, isn't it? La Liga. Yes. I don't hear about it in the Eredivisie. Bundesliga. Bundesliga. Yeah. Like. I know, like, there's always going to be I'm, issues yeah, and I'm mistakes. Not, like, it's, it's part of human error, isn't that's it? That's it. Like, I'm not saying there isn't, and obviously, a lot of the football I watch is English football. But yeah. It's just, you know, like, what can. It, it just feels like. The, I think the issue is. When they get told to go over to the monitor, that's because they think the person in Stockley Park thinks there's a the ref because the clear and obvious error thing is actually for the referees, isn't it? It's if the referees made a clear and obvious error. Yeah, yeah. Um. So the referee then thinks, "Oh, I've made a mistake. They've spotted something." None of them, like, not I'm, I'm obviously I don't know certain of these figures, but I feel like ninety nine percent of the time, whenever they go over to the monitor, it gets overturned. The decision gets changed. Yeah, you're almost none of the referees. You're almost guaranteed that that's going to happen. None of the referees you're have right. the balls to say, "No, I stick with my original decision." And we saw that in. It, did you watch the Nigeria game? Yes. Yeah. I did. So, like the Alex Awabi red card. Why yeah. was that overturned? The referee had a clear vision of it. He made his decision. It, this this you're right. It's a problem with the referees that they, because they're scared if they then don't go with VAR, they'll go against the grain and then yeah, and they'll get ripped into in the media. It'll be this and that. And it's like, but that that's your job. That like that's literally that's your job. That's what you gotta do. You gotta accept that. Like you're gonna get shit because not everyone's gonna agree with your decision, but stand by your decision if you want to. You know, like. I, yeah, they're getting swayed, and it's like I understand that the point of ours to be like, no, you're wrong on this one. This is why. But if you're then being sent to the monitor, that that's basically going to them. 
Yeah, so you're maybe wrong, but we're maybe wrong, so maybe you should have a look. Just fucking, uh, like, if you're going up to that, you're going, no, I was pretty confident I was right, but they're saying I was wrong. Well, there's there's more always just the doubt creeping into their head, isn't there? Yeah, which, which there just can't be. Like, then that's the reason that, like, I'm losing faith in VAR. Like, I do really objectively like it. I just don't like them. Look, that's the thing. I, I don't get the whole argument of people that say sport is inherently wrong, so let's just embrace that. Like, surely you yeah. want you want the best outcome possible. Like, you want the fairest outcome possible. See, that that's how I kind of view it as well, whereas, like, I, in fairness, I was still watching football later. I was watching it as a kid, but, like, I came in a season before, two seasons before VAR. So now I've probably had the same amount of seasons with VAR, as I haven't, like, when I've been watching as a proper football fan, excusing when I was a kid and I just yep. wanted to see goals. Um, so I, I prefer it because I can think of times where Tottenham were screwed by, like, the lack of VAR. And I can think now of more time. I'd say Tottenham have benefited more from VAR than we have not. So I'm always going to be like, yes, it's, it's great. Rangers have benefited from VAR in Europe. We don't have it in the league, but we have it in Europe. And it's always benefited us. And whether it's a decision against us or a decision for us, if it's right, it's right. And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm okay with that. I can accept that. It's just that when it's like, it could be wrong, it could be right. I'm not here for that. I need referees to be confident in themselves and the decisions they want to make. Yeah, it's one of those. And also, just while we're on VAR, there is definitely like a big club bias thing. Like, I, yes, I fucking, like... I know that there are decisions that go our way that shouldn't normally. Like if you that get overturned, that probably wouldn't normally. Um, yeah. And like I think one of the ones that really starts me is against West Ham against Arsenal when it, Vladimir Kufal got a red card. Yeah. When he tackled Lacazette, Lacazette fucking goes rolling over, does about fourteen hundred back like rolls somersaults on the ground. Massively accentuates it. Like, Kufal makes a slide tackle, gets the ball completely cleanly. Lacazette jumps over him, clips his foot on Kufal, but Kufal gets the because his momentum carried him across the ball. What do you want players to do when they have a. when they're tackling or when they're sliding in for something and, and they get the ball cleanly, but they clip a player? Like, they they've got the ball they've literally successfully made the tackle they can't then just vanish yeah it's like they're discouraging basically a huge part of the game which is football's a contact sport these are grown men fucking pick like i I like what james alcott says where there are those fouls where you say oh get up like yeah they they always are and that's what's really frustrating about i hate that we're getting to a point where the, it's not, these players act like there's there's sticks in the wind like yeah, just getting blown over so easily people are probably getting even scared to like shoulder barge into players because they might get a yellow it's just but then you get crazy stuff where remember United against Chelsea where Maguire basically had a yeah. chokehold on Azpilicueta and nothing happened or Skip wrestling not Skip yeah, yeah Skip <laughs> wrestling Azpilicueta yes <laughs> yeah like he did he rugby tackled onto the ground and I remember saying that to myself when I was watching I was like, that's literally a rugby tackle. But it, it, it did nothing about it. And I was like, well, that's, that's a bit weird. Like, you're going to chop off Kane's goal for pushing over Silva, but you're not going to give them a penalty for Skip 
literally just won't be tackling yeah. as Pope to the ground. Yeah, I don't know. One. I, I don't. I don't know how they solve it. I actually do have a video scripted for this that I'm going to film as well. That I'm going to go a little bit deeper on all these things, just in like very specific moments in time and where the inconsistencies lie yeah. and how it can get better. So watch out for that one. Yes. I want to talk about something a little bit more exciting. Closer the to Fargs home. pisses me off. Something a bit closer to home. Let's talk about no. Let's talk about bro. Right. <laughs> Let's talk about how we are the greatest and the worst club of all time. Um, yeah, I, I love how back and forth Spurs you go. Fans. I love how back and forth. Oh yeah, I Spurs. like one week you'll message me saying you're winning. The, like you put a fucking hundred pound bet on you to win the league next season. Like <laughs> we're winning the league next season. I do believe that. I do okay. believe that. Hundred pound. We're going to five and six, mate. Yeah, so you are. Um, just watch out, Conte's here, baby. So that's that's my point. In Conte, we trust, right? I trust Conte. Spurs fans keep saying they trust Conte. Then we lose against Chelsea three times, which we should because we're objectively a worse team than them. And for whatever reason, we have a complex against playing them. Conte hasn't enough time to fucking make us a little bit grittier and make us want to win those games. Plus, we're playing Matt Doherty on the right midfield when he's actually a fullback, and we're playing him in front of another fullback. Well, he's playing because... best at right wing back, isn't he? Yeah, and it's just it's just this weird situation where we were putting two fullbacks in front of two fullbacks, uh, just to try and shut out the game. I assume try and be like defensive, and yeah, we were you until that. We're almost playing like goal. six defenders. Yeah, effectively, that's what we were trying to do. Um, but we obviously need new signings, right? It's a given that we we can't go on with the team like this. We can't go on having Matt Doherty as one of our first choice on the right. It's just not feasible. Tanganga, sorry, buddy, I really liked you. You're a bit shit. It's probably time to go. So then why, when he wants to sign people, right? Obviously, Daniel Levy is a problem in himself. He promises a war chest, then he doesn't give it, and then he gets really stingy over apparently £1 million, basically, for a damnatory. But we, we clearly want him. Conte clearly wants him. And then... People on the outside are like, yeah, we trust Conte, but also we don't trust Conte. Getting a damn is so stupid. But yeah, no, we should get a damn. This is so right. But then apparently the, the Tottenham structure are basically like the hierarchy are going, no, we shouldn't. We, we shouldn't. Um, we shouldn't sign a damn, which is why it's stalling. But then apparently we've put in a, a, what, a 60 million pound bid for Luis Diaz. And it's like, well, I'm so I'm so confused about how we're supposed to feel and there's like what six days left of this transfer window and apparently we're going to bring in like four players but we're also not going to bring in any players and being a Spurs fan right now is just it's exciting because we have Conte but it's also really fucking annoying because we still have the same problems we had before and then oh, the fan base is just tearing itself to shreds like they are so adamantly for Conte or they're so for him that they hate who he wants to sign and then we're not spending money. I'm just, I'm just done, man. I'm just done. <laughs> it's, it's so fucking stressful. Yeah, so obviously when Conte got the job, he would have came in with his plan, had his meeting with Levy, had his plans, shown who he wants to sign. And it does seem like you need someone who can bring a bit of creation in that midfield huge thing like you just lack the like actually harry winks has been very good like them long-range progressive passes from deep but then you you need someone that 
if you're not able to get those passes through, you need someone that you can just break that one line, then they can use their bit of pace. And then you can have try Adamo, you could have him centrally, and then you... Oh, I know he plays best off the wing, but you could have him centrally. Then you have Mora, Kane, Son, all available for him to pass to. If, just, yeah, so uh, that's effectively the biggest thing right now, is that we need that midfield creativity when we should have it, based on the Celso and Indombele, both really good players. And Lo Celso won the Copa America for a reason. He won it as a starter for Argentina. And Dobelli ripped it up at Lyon. And they have combined, since they signed, like two or three years ago, made 16 full 90-minute appearances in the Premier League. Yeah, that's embarrassing. That, that, that's embarrassing. How are these players so good elsewhere but not with us? Lo Celso's apparently just a dickhead. He's apparently rude to staff. So as soon as Conte saw that, he was like, you're gone. You're done. You're, you're not going to be part of my Good plans time. because you're just rude arsehole and as I agree like the Celso I wanted to love you mate fuck off if you're going to be an arsehole to staff that's like that's just the limit innit I can take shit performances don't bite the hand that feeds you sort of thing yeah so we're this is where it comes in right so we're people are pissed off because we're looking at Florentina and we wanted to get Dusan Vlaovic we were never going to get him like let's be let's be honest we were never going to get him it was a pipe dream the same way that it was for Arsenal but then people were like, okay, well, why are we now looking at their second string midfielder, uh, Aramba, who's currently playing for Morocco right now? And we're like, oh, well, he's, only, he's, he's clearly shit because he's second string and he like has only made like 286 minutes worth of appearances this season. But then Conte has played against them and said that he was brilliant. Partici, our sporting director, said that he thinks he's a, a real diamond in the rough. We can get him on loan for half a season, and then we buy him at the end for fifteen million. Like, but then they're angry that we are even considering this because he's not good enough. But then it's like, but you're saying we should also back Conte for whoever he wants. He clearly has an idea of who he wants, and if this kid like we got him on loan for half season and he's shit, he goes back. What does it matter? It's good for the squad. It's a little bit of life in it. It's a little bit different. This could really prove that Partici. I, I, can't, I think that's how you say the thing. I think it proves that he is worth what he's worth by apparently being this man that can find these diamonds in the rough. But then the Spurs fan base are just so adamantly against it at the same time. It's like, have you even seen him play? Have you actually even seen him play to say that he's not good enough? You watched fucking five minutes of Lacelso's highlights of Real Betis and went, he's going to be the world class, best of the best. <laughs> and he wasn't. So you're going to try to tell me, guy, that you can't, you haven't watched highlights for is shit. But make up your mind, boys. Because I, I I want to go with an open mind and just trust that Conte knows what he's doing. Because, you know, he generally has done for the yeah. past 10 years. I mean, I, as you multiple said, I'm just so league winner, Champions League winner. Just, yeah. I'm just yeah. so wound up. T- <laughs> THFC, Ben X2012 knows more than him on Twitter. So this this is what makes me laugh about Spurs fans, right? Like... Obviously, you've had the money spent on the stadium. You have the owner that promises you everything. All this, right? And then, yeah, a lot of your fans have the complex that you're a club that can win the Champions League, win the Premier League, win win the FA Cup, win whatever. But then you're not willing to go and make this the signings for the rotation players, or like think that players aren't good enough to play at a club that you haven't won a trophy since two thousand eight, like. Exactly. Yeah. So, you think we got Zinchenko from like 
nowhere in Ukraine. And he is he is such an important player for us. He's he was so important for us in our Champions League run. He is such an under undervalued, underpaid player, but every time he puts on a Man City shirt, because we gave him that chance, he fucking loves our club. He would he has been told by Man City if he wants to leave, they are more than happy for him to leave. They will understand what all that because he's only paid fifty thousand pounds a week, right? And for that's someone that's been with the club that long, done that much for us, I think he's played out of position just so much. And yeah, he puts the Man City shirt. He said he wants to stay, still fight for his position at Man City, and he wants to play more at Man City, sign a new contract there. If you don't get these sort of players that are willing, like Son, that are willing to die for your club, like... Exactly. You you need some of the players which aren't necessarily first team players, but will love your club, cherish every minute they play for your club. Lucas Moura as well. He's a player that, is, that he bleeds Spurs. Lucas Moura, when he came, he was half decent. He was all right at PSG, but he he had he was going to leave because he wasn't good enough for PSG. Let's be real at the time. But and then people were like, oh, he's not sure about this, and he wasn't great for a wee while. In fairness. Look at him now. He's one of the most important players in our team. And he, he would die for our club. He's exactly like Zinchenko, where he, he'd give everything to the club. So I don't understand when we're given this opportunity to have a player like that that we could get in for so fucking cheap. 15 million could be an absolute bargain. Could be an absolute coup. I don't know why the fans are so pessimistic about everything around the club. I understand we get bad results in that. But you also they need to remember, Conte also had his unbeaten in the league since he came in for like eight in a row yeah. like until Chelsea and I, I have no doubt in my mind that after Chelsea as well we'll go on a wee bit of a run again he's there to build something and if that man wants to get this uh, around that, that guy whatever for like for half the season and possibly next season why not take the risk why not just see it could it could work out. It could be amazing, and we're also apparently now in for Louis, Louis fucking Diaz. Bro, how where does this come from? I thought he was went from Liverpool like, or something. I, I, anyway. He went to Liverpool. My football manager. Yeah, he goes to Liverpool. I can just Liverpool and just save. <laughs> yeah, he's at AC Milan and mine now because I paid fifty million for him. Like, but um, I so why are we scrimping? Right, this is not my problem with the club itself. Why are we scrimping over a million or two million for Adama for twenty five days? But we have apparently officially put in a bid of like sixty million for Diaz, and this is coming from a guy in Portugal, like the journalist for the Portuguese League. It's basically the most reliable person in that country, apparently. Like you just you trust what this man says. How are we? Where is this coming from? Are, like, see, this is the problem. Like, I love this club, right? And I like I go up and down all the time on how much I'm actually invested at the time. But I'm like that with every. App facet of my life anyway so it just makes sense but like i will die for my club but it's so hard to fucking like follow along and really care when like the, the club is like presenting himself over skin we're, we're the ninth richest club in the world we're skin uh, we don't really want to get a dama like i know we need him we don't really want to get him but we're going to pay him 60 million for those diaz just um cause like because apparently we're never interested in him and i'm start, i'm like what if we do get them and we get four players in this next six days and we actually have a wonderful end to the transfer window and the past 25 days of hell have been pointless? So, 
And then, yeah. it, wh- how, how am I supposed to feel? Like, wh- what is this club doing to me, man? Yeah. Like, no wonder people have heart attacks. How much? Like, so, you're going to pay f- maybe 15 million for this guy, right? We got yeah. Zinchenko for 1.8 million. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, this, this actually brings me on to something else that happened while uh, I was on holiday as well. We are apparently looking at signing this 19-year-old non-league player. I, this doesn't bother me, right? I'm like, okay, because he could be a baller. Yeah. I mean, if we pay like a, a nominal fee from whatever, Brighton or Luke Elm as well. He's trained with us for the past few weeks and apparently he's impressed. So I'm like, well, Ollie, if you want to sign for us, but let's do it. So why, why are we <laughs> signing a non-league 19-year-old when we had Dylan McCarney, who bleeds Spurs... And, but he wasn't given enough first team opportunities and he had to leave to go to Blackburn for 500k <laughs> why are we not this man this boy is a baller he will be he will play in the Premier League for a big chunk of his career no doubt in my mind he is so good and we're like yeah we'll, we'll take 500k for you because we don't actually see any opportunities for you even though we could really do with a player like you just being in and about the team but we will look at maybe spending a few million on this 19 uh, year old kid that no one's actually heard of before last week what, what is this logic? Yeah. Where does this come? Well, like, I think if you look at the top two managers in our league, Klopp and Pep, the way they have managed youth in recent years, outstanding. Like I, yes. I think that is actually one of the main things that sets them apart from every other manager in the league. And I'm sure Conte, while he's with you, will probably do the same. He'll help develop those youth players. Like Pep's sheer reluctance to send... Foden out on loan, Liam Delapo out on loan, Cole Palmer, James McAtee, uh, Wilson Ezeband, all of these guys that are starting or getting minutes in FA Cup games, League Cup games, well, we're getting minutes in League Cup games, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but the way that Pep and Klopp have managed these youth, like, Trent, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott for Liverpool and slowly introduce them into the squad like when you say that example I'm like if you had had someone like Pep or Klopp that could manage these younger players and slowly bring them in give them more opportunities build them up here and there like you might not be in this issue at all I fully believe that. Like, look at Oliver Skip. He is someone who was nurtured by Pochettino. Josie Mourinho said he's a future captain. Everyone has rated this kid. He was out in Norwich. He became he was Norwich's Player of the Year in the Championship, and he took. Obviously, Pep doesn't loan out his kids typically, which makes sense. But also, sometimes it's good for the development, depending on opportunities and facilities and stuff like that. It's worked out for Skip, and he looks great. Harry Kane was a youth player for us, and he's amazing, right? We have Dane Scarlett, who's an unreal attacker. He's seventeen. I'm fear he's going to end up like Dylan McCarney and just have to leave because he won't get the opportunities that are afforded to him. Because we all know Conte is a world class manager, but he's also a short term manager. He's going to be here for two years maximum. Yeah, two three he, years, then he's off. Yeah, so I I don't know if I can fully rely on him to bring through our youth players either. Um, which doesn't make sense when we we have these insane facilities and are supposed to be this massive club, but then we get. The, the board and the internals of it all treat us like we are still only just getting into the Champions League for the first ever time 10 years ago where no we were a consistent Champions League team for a good few years 
we were compete we competed for a league at one point. We, but I mean, you came third in a the, two horse race now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <Banter>. <laughs> I am done with Spurs. Like, see, this is my fucking problem, right? I started talking about Spurs, and I get so frustrated, oh, just, and I'm done just with them. Just quickly, what's the thing about this cinema? <laughs> oh! <laughs> So I, I, we I, can't I, pay. I saw you. We can't pay a million for fucking Adama, yeah. but we can build a fucking this cinema near I saw, by Hartley I saw you like this tweet where it's like you're arguing over a million for a Dharma Traore, but then you're something about a cinema. Oh, bro, we are building like basically this luxury complex. It's actually really like the idea of it, right? Because we're basically doing what City uh, have done, where they've made the surrounding area nice. Like we we do know North London isn't necessarily like. It's a bit like Shit it's up. not affluent. Yeah, it needs to get built up, doesn't it? Like it needs more investment yeah. in it, and that's what Spurs are trying to do. I wouldn't walk around there past four o'clock. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying. I can tell you right now, I was a bit nervous going down the alleyway from uh, for, from that area at like fucking ten o'clock at night when I was in London. But we move on, we move on. I, I love love Spurs and you know, all that fun stuff. But basically, they're trying to build up the area around it because we have this world class stadium, absolutely outstanding. Uh, and we're like, yeah, we need the facilities around it to make it an appealing place to visit. But you also need an appealing team. Yeah, see, that's the thing, right? How can you have the second biggest stadium in the league and still have this shit a team that hasn't won? Who's first? Man United, before? right? Yeah. And they're, they're fucking stadiums a shithole. So uh, we have the nicest it stadium. It is a massive like, shithole. Yeah, it's falling apart. But this, see, this is the problem with Spurs, right? I love them. I watch every single Spurs game as if I can, assuming I, I will make an active effort to watch all the games. But I hate them. <laughs> I hate them so much <laughs> because I get so frustrated all the time. I've talked for nearly twenty minutes about this goddamn yeah, team have. and how much how fr- how frustrating they are. Am I still going to watch their game when we get back from this international yes, break? You, you know it, and I'm gonna love it, and I'm gonna enjoy it, and I'm gonna tell you that we're winning the league. Because that's all I have. I, I just need to tell myself this. At the start of every season, I go, we're winning something this season. <laughs> have we? We got the Champions League final once when I said it. I mean, we got hamstrung by Southampton, and you've got them next, so good luck. Uh, no, we're fine. We'll be we'll be. And then you've got us. And, and Conte, we trust. Oh, no, you have Wolves after yeah, that. Then you have uh, us. Well, that's fine, because we'll take a dam off of them, and the dam is always on that causes problems when we play Wolves. Yeah. So... Um, I'm not scared about versus you because we're your bogey team. <laughs> so I, I think actually, Man United are our bogey I'm, team. F- no, fucking this season, how, Southampton. It is Southampton. Right? Yeah, didn't you just draw with Southampton last season as yeah, well? Yeah, I just I would like to say, though, that you still haven't scored at New White Hart Lane. Um, yeah, the Shrimps have. have. Stadium for two years. Yes, exactly. It's not for everybody. It's not, <laughs> it's not for everybody. Let's move on because I'm actually so frustrated as far as I've got talking about them and now I'm just angry. Are Chelsea back in the title race? No. No. There we go. No. Chelsea fans are delusional. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a hard one because obviously we are, what, 12 points clear, I think. I think it's something, something like that. that yeah. So now 10 points or 9 points, I don't know, depending on our let's have a look quick um points now nine points clear so that's that's more than enough yeah like we dropped two points but it's what it is it's got to happen it's got to oh, happen yeah, at I, some point you can't win every game can you no 
Um, but I, are I Chelsea tell- going to win every game that you make a mistake? No, no shot. No, no shot. Uh, Liverpool? Nope. No. Sorry, Kira. But it's one of those, isn't it? Like I think the fact that we're so far ahead, as soon as we drop points, people are going to be like, oh, is the race back on? Like, we still won. No, still it's won, not. Mate. <laughs> still going to match like, Fergie's record, which, you know, makes me laugh when people say, oh, Man City are ruining the league. But please, if, if you can find it, just look up that little graphic of the Premier League up until like 2009, where it's like first, second, first, first, second, first, third, fourth, whatever, or like... Do you, do you know the one I mean? Yep, yep, yep. I do indeed. I don't actually, like, it doesn't actually really phase me, Man City win the league. It's one of those weird things where it doesn't bother me. Like, I was actually willing City to win the league instead of Liverpool. Both seasons, Liverpool competing for the league. Because I just really don't like Liverpool. And I'd rather see Man City dominate. Like, it's a that's, really weird that's scenario. The thing. I think I people just... only dislike City now because we dominate. Like, you had no reason to dislike us before. Yeah, that's entirely it. There's. Yeah. Let's be real. People are jealous that you came from nothing and became something. And that's how I view it because I am jealous. I wish that was Spurs. I wish we went from being a, a mediocre team to world beaters. Everybody everybody wishes their team did that. Look at Brian from the, the kickoff. He, he literally complained about the oil money for City constantly. Now Newcastle have it. His tone has shifted a wee bit where he's like, well, it could be us soon. Well, it and it's like, be well, you soon. It, yeah, exactly. So, the people are just, they're just jealous. I, that's the only way I can see it. And the thing is, like, eventually Newcastle will be the new pe- people at the top of the league. And, you know, they'll, they'll be there. They'll probably follow pretty much the same model as Man City. Not Everton, when Everton got taken over, because we've seen how that went. Because, yeah. obviously, now everyone knows Newcastle have the money. People can come and mug Newcastle off. They'll be like, oh, we'll just throw an extra five million on for that player. For the transfer, because if you really want him, you'll pay it. Yeah, and that's just what. Oh, and obviously, that was the worry for Aston Villa when they got the Grealish money, which was why they made the sensible transfers before the Grealish one happened. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, people just on the topic of people not liking Man City, we'll just skip the few points prior to the. the yeah, we'll get to them. And obviously, there's this screenshot circulating around of Man City tickets on uni days. Which, you know, yes. Manchester, one of the most densely populated cities in the UK. Three massive universities here with a massive student culture. And also one of the poorest areas in the country. Particularly the area northwest Manchester where you have a large majority of Manchester City fans. So when there's an opportun- opportunity for students to get tickets for £10 when let's not forget less than a year ago we had fans complaining about the Super League that they're pricing fans out of the game tickets are costing £200 a pop at Chelsea matches or season ticket at Chelsea is now four grand. yet you'll, you'll get irate at that and say Chelsea needs to lower their prices Manchester United needs to lower their prices Liverpool needs to lower their prices Man City are so aware of the fan base they have the second lowest season ticket price they have one of the lowest costs to go to league matches in the premier league they have the second most full stadium on league nights on league games yet when we put out 10 pound 
tickets for students who are in a very deprived area of the country for a fourth round FA Cup match against Fulham, fans get annoyed or or fans find a way to take the piss because, you know, it's Man City or they can't fill their stadium. Like, get a fucking grip. Like, you would be gagging for your team to put £10 tickets on. But you're just going to fucking sit there and soak up £40 tickets for an FA Cup tie against fucking Wickham or something. <laughs> I agree. I, I agree with everything. I, I don't understand this weird negativity over... Like, my girlfriend, West Ham fan. Still now they do it, but when, when she was younger, West Ham used to do, and still do, a thing called Kids for a Quid. Even on league matches where parent buys a ticket, any amount of kids that go for you, one quid per ticket. That's such a brilliant idea. It enables your kids to get an experience of the football. doesn't cost the parents an exorbitant amount more than what their original t- ticket costs. But... Exactly. I know Liverpool actually do something similar for like FA Cup matches and that. And obviously, as you get later in the cup games, prices will go up. But I told you, but, yeah. because of obviously how empty the stadium was at the Leipzig game, I'm not saying it wasn't. Obviously, it was. There was a significant lack of fans there. I think it was about half full. Um, Madness. Like they ended up putting tickets out for a quid. Like. I don't see what what, what is wrong with that? Like, at the end of the day, you're getting the chance to go and see one of the best clubs, one of the best teams. Okay, no, I said best club, best teams in the world right now. You're getting to see elite football for ten pounds. You may have people that have never gone to a football match before, never watched a football match before. So, oh, it's a tenner. I'll go watch it. Man City are meant to be a really good team. Day out with some of your mates. I'll I'll take I'll take the girlfriend for the first time. Exactly. You may have introduce three or four new fans and then people say oh they've not been fans since since they were born blah 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 what does it matter like if someone's a fan of something they enjoy something you can learn the history you can learn that just because you didn't weren't fucking born into that the fan base yeah I, I, I mean you're fully right like if rangers were offering kids for a quid I would take my wee sister Andy all the time all the time I just can't afford to bring her to every game because I just simply don't have the 20 quid to pay for her ticket on top of the 30 quid I have to pay for mine. Yeah, like, and the petrol you pay to get there. Exactly, like the travelling and just the, the time and stuff like that. Like, I came for a quid. She would come to every single football game that I'm going to. I'm sure most parents would do that as well if their kid had even the faintest interest in football. Yeah. I don't under, I, like, it's such a bizarre thing to have a go at a club for for trying to make ticket prices affordable when that's all we ever when, want. We just when want fans ticket so regularly complain about the price of tickets, but then when it's Man City that do it. Make it make sense. Yeah, I don't know. Sense. Like, I don't know what a season ticket costs at Tottenham, but I'm guessing it's probably over a grand. Like, your cheapest one. I, I'd assume so. West, yeah. Ham, I, I West Ham are the cheapest it. at 250 quid. Man City, the cheapest is 257. Madness. Amazing. Mad. Like, you... This is one of the most amazing teams to play. And they are charging. Probably lower than some championship side charge for a, league, uh, for a season ticket. Their lowest season ticket costs the same amount as the highest season ticket of St Johnston, who have a 10,000-seater stadium that maybe fill about 5k of that game. So they're, they're making football accessible for the fans. 
Especially when it's why, such why? a poor area of Manchester as well. Yeah, like... like the, the people that are taking the piss out of it just have no idea how bad that area, like that obviously large area that support Manchester City, how poor that place, that surrounding is. It's, yeah. It's just football. Like, if, yeah. you, if you yeah, have student, like kids who are at college or high school and they have uni days, like... And they can go, oh, dad, I can get my ticket for a tenner. Like, why would the fucking dad not say, yeah, get it? No, the dad's going to be like, no, fuck Dude. you. You're spending the 40 quid. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> like, you're not allowed to get a discount. Yeah. It makes total sense and is absolutely reasonable. You should 100% take that. I disagree. You should spend the 40 pounds on ticket. That's it. Because that's what our true football That's what a true believer would do. Fuck He'd support his club. Bro. Spend all the money. I don't actually know well, how much a ticket to the Fulham game is normally. I think it'll probably be like twenty quid. I think I looked at it. So it's only it's only half price. But I saw Man United. I think their tickets are forty pound for their FA Cup game. Yeah, but Man United are fucking arseholes. So. Oh, from fifteen pounds. So they're only knocking a fiver off of it. <laughs> well, that's a devastating though. Absolutely embarrassing. Yeah. Wait, what the fuck? Hospitality from hundred pounds. Oh my god! So I don't understand. So the issue. I, I, when I went on the, the my tour of the Etihad, they said the our first round of the Carabao Cup where we played Wickham, you get hospitality for seventy pounds, the best hospitality level. That's and I've I've paid I paid fifty five quid for us to go me and my girlfriend to go see Brentford, fifty five quid each. That's madness. Oh. I, don't, I just don't understand the, the huge issue people have with it at all. I've said that. I don't know. Just, well, especially just when we had bizarre. such an outroar about football becoming too expensive in that last year of the Super League. Yeah. Oh, I well, people, we move. People fans have short memory, don't they? Shall we talk about uh, Norwich? Nor- two back-to-back no, Two back-to-back wins. Is that the first time? It was something mad, wasn't it? Since, like, 1996? <laughs> I have no idea. I, 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 I don't know if that. Oh no, no, it was their first time out of the bottom three since '96, wasn't it? I I don't know. I, I hope for their sake that that's not true. I really hope it's not true for their sake. But can can they make the great escape? Can I can I just say I as mean, well? I think it is two back to back matches. Got manager sacked. So it is. That's got to be. It. That's got to be like its own little statistic. Record, does it not? I like that. The thing much, is, I didn't like Rafa. It, it's so it's so bad, but like when you think about, it's like oh yeah, they if Everton oh they lost to Newcastle oh yeah they're they're in a bit of relegation battle with them oh they lost to Watford yeah oh lost lost to Burnley oh they lost to Norwich. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like losing to Norwich is the. That's the yeah. one, isn't it? That Like, Liverpool lost to Watford 3-0 the season Watford I mean, got relegated. Everyone was like, wow, it's just an amazing win for Watford off day for Liverpool. Yeah, beat by Norwich. It's kind of like... Mm, it's like, that was a, a fucking brilliant day for Norwich and a horrendous day for... <laughs> <laughs> so the, those two, two, two things tie in for me. Can uh, Norwich stay up by putting Everton down? <laughs> I, I would love it, honestly. I don't know what I'd find better like Everton going down or Newcastle going down because I don't really like I, I don't I don't like Everton I just think our fan base is a bit like uh cunty 
they've just got a bit of a complex. The same way that Spurs have a complex against Chelsea, Everton have a complex against everybody. Yeah. It feels like. Um, I, th- I don't know why. I didn't really mind Everton, but the start of it, Rafa really made me dislike them. And then they sold Luka Dean. And then fired Rafa two days place. later. They sold their best player and, they, and then fucked him off, the manager off. On top of, of to- on top of basically making their chief of medical leave. It was well like four staff, wasn't Rafa. it, that they sacked off yeah. because of him? And I kind of want to see them fail. I like Duncan Ferguson, don't get me wrong. I think oh, he's, mate, he's no. He's just a... He's a man nah, that like wears him. a suit and thinks he's doing a job. That's what I like about him. He's so, he's he's so useless. Do you know, sorry, I took the piss. Ah. My girlfriend was like, oh, who's he? And she's like, I didn't expect him to be Scottish. I was like, didn't you? I was like, that's Alex Ferguson's son. She's like, is he? <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. Oh, it's like the Just Sergeant thing, which no one on the hill will understand why it's funny. That listens to this will understand why it's funny. Oh, yeah, Logan Sergeant's yeah. probably... <laughs> Well, you know, a special spot for Duncan. He, he made 14 league appearances for Rangers. Wow. Scored two goals. Yeah. Amazing. Went to jail for assault on the pitch as well. Big, <laughs> big up, my guy. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of want to see Everett go down. I think it'd be funny. Like, if you look at the league table, Leeds aren't going down in my head. Whatever think, people say, they're not in a relegation battle. Isn't it if Newcastle beat Everton? Yeah, like, just a point... What is it? No, a couple of points behind them. Yeah, one point behind them. And oh, I think Newcastle. I think I don't know what in my brain, but I just feel like the last two games something's made a change in Newcastle. There, there is something about them that just feels a little bit. Maybe that Chris Wood signing really was necessary. Yeah. And has just given the team maybe that little lift that they needed. Like, just saying. Right, this guy. John Joe Shelby is an absolute bowler, isn't he? Like. <laughs> he is. And you know who else is a baller as well? And I love it. Kieran Trippier. That um, man, I'm talking about Chris Wood making an impact. Kieran Trippier has made a great impact at Newcastle. And I will fucking die on that hill because I really like Trips. And I think that he was a very smart signing for a variety Yeah, of definitely. I mean, he just adds so much experience, the winning mentality, just the way that in his first like match he went around and clapped the fans at the end of it I love that and it showed, it showed his character and I think that he will become a very big leader for his time at Newcastle and I, I do think he'll go down as a bit of a I, I he, suspect he'll probably get captaincy next season sack Sean Longstaff yes. off I, I really expect so and so this is this is all playing into the hand that I think that Either Norwich or Newcastle. Yeah, because I think uh, they, Burnley definitely going down, Watford definitely going down. You can't have two managers in a season and not be going down, can you? No. I mean, I can't remember. I, and then I think you have three teams battling for 18th. <laughs> now? I, I really, really, and like a football manager away, like, want Everton to go down. Like, people always put up these screenshots of Spurs getting relegated in a football manager. I really wanted to be like Everton going down because it's just fucking nuts, bro. They, behind Arsenal, have the second longest run in their top division. So I want to see that end just because. I just think it'd be quite funny. I like a bit of drama. Everton in the Championship. They got Dominic Calvert. Yeah, I know. That's what I said to my girlfriend. I was like, the fact that got that £3 billion stadium. Dominic Calvert-Lewin's actually. 
talking about him, I've seen some links with him in Arsenal for before the end of this window. Mm. So he might not even need to. He might be jumping ship. I think that I think that'd be a good move. Honest. I think that'd be a very yeah. good move for him. I think that'd be great for Arsenal. Uh, I for I fucking hate Richarlison. I hope I, I don't have to see his mug again for a few years. <laughs> Fuck off to the Championship. <laughs> it's so funny because I can tell like, when like when your girlfriend hates certain players she really makes it known she hates them and i feel like that translates onto you so much like i know for a fact she hates for charles and she's said it I, no i i genuinely just hate him as well it's like nothing even like <laughs> it's not even like corresponded it's just like we both fucking hate he's like he just seems like a prick he does and funny. also he does. the amount of times like you do graphic design it's sort of something i want to be into the amount of times i've seen him fucking post people's stuff and not like not even like take their little logos out of the corners and stuff. I saw him accidentally credit somebody once and then delete the post and then crop out the credit, which I thought was just ludicrous. I was like, that's mad that he's just absolutely done that. Yeah. He's a bit, yeah. That, that's fair. It'd be quite funny to see him in the championship. He'd probably get bought out before then. But then everyone go down. Do they really come back up? Either? I don't know if they do. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, the possibilities. It's just, uh, it's thrilling. Um, one more thing I want to talk about just briefly I don't want to talk too much on it because I want to make a video about it but I was wrong about Steven Gerrard at Aston Villa yeah um, I, I think you wanted I'll, to be wrong about him at Aston Villa yeah I, I couldn't believe that Aston Villa would actually do something this season but here they are just they're bringing in Coutinho they're bringing in Lucadine they're trying to bring in Luis Suarez. I know. Like, Steven Gerrard's just really calling in favours from his playing career, isn't he? As he should as well, and it's working. The, and it, like, it's, I, I, like, I like that he's proving himself. Like People go, oh, Rangers are in the Scottish, Scottish League. He was doing it in Europe, and people didn't acknowledge he was doing it in Europe against good teams. Now he's doing it in the Premier League against good teams, and it just, oh, it's so satisfying to just be proven right that he's a good manager, and I'm so happy to be proven wrong that Aston Villa are doing something this season. I think he I has a wasn't convinced. very, like, nice, unique way of playing as well. Like, obviously he plays 4-3-3, but it's a very different way of playing it. He's so dynamic, and he loves wing. He loves playing on the wings. Yeah. And that, oh, I'm a sucker for wing play, bro. I just love and it. And I think, obviously, when you see Pep doing it, he has the fullbacks cutting inside and you keep the wing players out for the width. Whereas Gerard, it's like the opposite. You have Yeah, he's got like these inverted wingers or inside forwards, and then he's got his, his bombing like complete wing backs Yeah. Which is perfect think for like a player like Luke, Luke Luke D, Yeah, that is they've fucking smashed that signing, mate. Absolutely uh, brilliant. And get, that could be a signing that takes them that, like help with, get them into the Champions League positions. Like if they get yeah, if they could get Coutinho yeah. on a permanent at the end of the season, which I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Could see it happening if they could bring in Luis Suarez for real. I, I it sounds crazy, but Aston Villa could be competing for top. Four. Do you not remember it's when Gerald came in and I said they could get top six by the end of this season? You're right. <laughs> I, you're fully right. I was a, a hater, a denier, and now they I'm are quite far off currently. They are. 10 points behind Arsenal with no Steven games in hand. That's fine. Steven Gerrard will work it out. Arsenal will fuck it up. They can yep. swap 130 players. million pounds well spent for Arsenal. Bro, I, I just love yeah. that he's doing well. I mean, I should. I kind of also hate that he's and doing well. I think he he's will be... A little bit there. I think he'll be so good 
at helping midfielders develop in particular. Like, seeing what he's done for Jacob Ramsey. Yeah. Like, as soon as he moved to Aston Villa, he was pretty much a star. Well, it's like Joe Rebo at Rangers, one of the best players at AFCON. He came from Charlton. Yeah, went to massively Rangers, developed him, didn't he? Best, best players in Scotland. So, it, he he commands that kind of presence and he has the ability and technical knowledge to help replicate it which uh, I really next season is going to be so interesting for Villa and it may right this is where just before we finish up it does I want to ask a question if could he realistically right stick it out at Villa for a wee bit and build the team up compete for Europe and trophies I see Liverpool going into a lull pretty soon. I see them becoming an Arsenal. They're not looking to reinvest, losing their star players because they're getting yeah, only willing like to pay Mohamed Salah two hundred k. You joking? Exactly. Give him, give exactly. him the same wage as fucking Cristiano Ronaldo, mate. Exactly. So, could we see this weird dynamic shift right, where Liverpool slip down and go through their little bit of their the quiet years? We see Villa come up, and he's not. 100% willing to take that Liverpool job anymore because it'd be a step um, for me no I think it, I think as soon as that Liverpool job comes available he takes it because he's now shown he can do it in a lower league but obviously I'm not oh my days oh my god bro oh my days <laughs> I, I, was, I, I just I was saw that out of the corner of my eye just... I was eyes wide, mouth open. Hakimi has just scored a worldie of a free kick in this AFCON game. We already saw a crazy goal in the first half. And we said at the start of the podcast we, would, we wouldn't talk about this game. But since we're right at the end anyway, we'll probably go finish up right after this. I have to mention Hakimi's goal. My God, bro. Um, How has he done that then? <laughs> but yeah, I think if that job comes available, unless there is an extremely large project that needs to be undertaken because I know Jared did have a bit of a project at Rangers to get them back to where they are, but I think to rebuild Liverpool to where they want to be and to get that title for Gerard. I think true, I think true. personally I, just, I... I think unless there's that situation he doesn't go. But I think really if there's a half decent team there yeah, he's going. Yeah, I mean, it's true. It's it's more of just, I don't think it would happen, to be fair, but it is, I do think it's interesting that he could end up building up this, map, this powerhouse yeah. at Aston Villa. And while you were here, I, it, it could be hard to leave. I said to you, like, depending on contract situations and that, I would happily take, like, even how he's been so briefly, I would happily take Gerard at Man City. I don't think he would ever come to us, yeah. but... Yeah, no, you're right. Like, I, I think he would be a very he, good manager for us convinced he's going to be a top manager yeah i think he's one time. of those top top players but one of the few that will make it as a top manager yeah and i think it was quite I'm excited it was quite funny when he did that interview i don't remember who it was with but when he said a lot of players think because of what they've done in the game they can come into this and just do brilliant, which is very clearly aimed at frank lampard yeah Obviously not Paul Scholes because he's only ever managed Salford City, but you know. <laughs> but yeah, I think Gerard is a top top manager here for the long run. It's been a pleasure. 
it's good to film again. It feels like we had that week break because I was on holiday. Yeah, but we were meant. Well, we've had, had so kind of like a two week break because we we're meant to record after the Man City game, but you were a bit rough from the night before, so. Let's <laughs> not talk about that. That was horrible. <laughs> Actually, one of the worst days of my life. I would have lay in bed all day. I had no option. Rest in peace, that macaroni but cheese. Uh, I was fine. Charlotte got tea. He did. I had a one bit of it, and I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> just, I'll pay the eight pounds and never look at that again. Uh. Yeah, that's that. Uh, if you've enjoyed this uh, episode of the pod remember to give us a follow on twitter at all nothing pod follow the tiktok because we're going to start posting content on that soon uh, all and nothing pod follow the spotify to keep up with the the weekly podcast obviously and we're releasing videos weekly actually this yes. time because i'm back from holiday and i've got to release my video from last week this week